Hello, this is The Parent Panel, a weekly podcast where we chew the fat with one mum and one dad, gleaning insights into everyday parenting challenges. Our mum today is a news presenter and author, and our dad is a sports and travel presenter. Well, sometimes you catch yourself just being bossed around. You're going, wait, wait a second. <laughs> yes. I'm, I'm, I'm not adult. <laughs> Neve one day took her nappy off and just rubbed it on the wall. Oh, wow. I think you're still in the trenches with your kids. I like the expression trenches. I sometimes call it the vortex. <laughs> the Parent Panel with Siobhan Hunt. Jacinta Tynan is our mum. She's the author of Mother's End and is a Sky News presenter. She has two boys, aged eight and nine. Hi, Jacinta. How are you? Siobhan, hello. And our dad is sports and travel presenter, Will McCloy. Will McCloy, he has a... Come th- on now. <laughs> it's a, I haven't even had you on yet. I'm already <laughs> stuffing it up. Uh, he has a three-year-old daughter and another on the way. Yeah, a couple of weeks away. So getting this in while we can. Yeah, I was thinking that actually. I was thinking, is Will even going to turn up? What if the baby's early? I We are so unprepared if the baby's <laughs> early. like Because my wife... Um, at midnight on the due date last time, she was like, oh, I've just gone into labour. I just woke me up at midnight because she's very efficient like that. Yes. And so this time, we have done, we have nothing. We haven't packed a bag. We got, we're just <laughs> expecting that on August the 11th at midnight, it's going to be time. And it's just going to happen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Well, good luck with that. Yeah, thanks very much. <laughs> <laughs> we'll have you on afterwards. You tell us how we'll it went. We'll them. Our topics today are, what would you do differently parenting the second time round? Your proudest parenting moment and your favourite childhood your favourite childhood toy. First up, though, are middle-class Australians guilty of toxic parenting? I do find it really alarming when parents say things to me, as they often do, like, um, my child has never heard the word no, and they give a little chuckle as they tell me that, and I think, okay, well, we're going to have to manage this child's behaviour because there are going to be problems. That's John Marsden speaking to me on Feed, Play, Love about his latest book, The Art of Growing Up. So in this book, John is basically lamenting the rise of toxic parenting. That is mums and dads who overindulge and overprotect their children. So um, basically he's taking aim at middle-class parenting. He acknowledges that intergenerational trauma is something that can affect parenting as well. But what he's seeing as a principal of two schools is that by overindulging our kids they're growing up without any independence and they're always getting what they want so the things that he talks about in that interview among other things are parents who still peel still peel mandarins for their kids when they're four i've got my hand up here guilty (laughs) what who don't let them have sleepovers at someone else's house and generally hover over them Jacinta, do you think today's parents are overprotecting their kids? And how do you feel about your own approach to parenting in light of John's comments? Well, when I heard John's comments, I must be the most toxic parent of all because (laughs) I do all of those things. For me, it's not about being overprotective. Typical me, I've I've gone into a bit of self-analysis to work out why do I do this? I I think I'm both extremes too because there's other things where I'm completely free range, just let them go outside and don't check on them for an hour. But I, if you take this morning, for example, I dressed eight and nine-year-olds, as you know. I dressed them both. I've got them brushing their own teeth, so that there's a step. I got their breakfasts. I packed their bags. But here's the thing. I do it because it makes life easier for me. So I will say to them, can you get dressed? Can you pack your own bags? And I'm a single mum, and I think that also is an added factor because I just have to cut the corners and yep. I just think, you know what, it's easier if I just do it. And even while I'm doing that, I think, okay, I know I'm not helping them be self-sufficient, but I think I'll get back to that. 
and then I do, and then there's there's other ways that I that I try to reinforce those messages of getting them on their own feet. But oh, I just feel like cut me some slack and cut parents <laughs> some slack if it makes it easy for us to step in. I was that mum when they started walking that would go, oh, okay, that's enough, and try and trip them over because <laughs> I didn't want them to grow up too fast. So there's a bit of that as well where I think, oh, they're still yeah. my babies. If they still need me to do up their tie and they still need me to to bring their dinner out then they and they tuck them into bed, that means they're still my baby. So I think I'm making it easy but also trying to drag it out, if I'm honest. Yeah. And what about you, Will, with well, your daughter? I mean, there's a big leap there between um, just doing those things for them because it's easier for you but also hovering over them and stopping them from doing anything else. And I think that's probably fair. But mandarins, like I read that and I was thinking, <laughs> peel your own... Has he not got carpet in his house, John Marsden? Like, are you letting a kid peel a mandarin? It's a complete disaster. You know, as you said, it's like self-preservation. You, you kind of, you do these things because it's easier. And maybe once you actually teach them to do it and they do it well, sure. But there's about a thousand disasters in between here and there. And also we're coming from a really low base. Like, I don't really want to hear um, parenting advice from someone who is in the generation above me because... Say, for example, Christmas time, someone who will remain nameless in my family were arguing about how ridiculous it is that children have to wear seatbelts now. Oh, my you God. So, <laughs> so things were pretty loose back they then, kind of, right? They kind of lost you with that one, didn't they? A, a little that's bit. It. I was like, that's it. I'm leaving. Christmas is over. But, uh, you know, like I, I used to... I remember being forced to go back to sleep in the back of the station wagon while mum and dad played tennis. And then if we were asleep in the back of the station wagon, after fighting with my sister within like that space of about three metres squared for three (laughs) hours, then they just drive us home asleep in the boot. But that's 40 kilometres drive. (laughs) You know, it was just, it would, that was just the way things were. So if, if, if we're doing things for our kids now, um, I, I think that we're coming from the generation before were pretty loose, so we're not doing too bad. Just to play devil's advocate, though, I, I recognise myself in a lot of what he's saying is toxic, such as what you're saying, Jacinta. Like I did, when he said the thing about peeling mandarins, I'm like, oh, God, that's mm. me. Um, but I kind of went, went away from talking to him going, okay, let's see how I can try and integrate a bit of this and what difference does it make to our lives. And... Um, one of the things we, I went, took my mum to get her nails done at a, a place in Double Bay and downstairs in Double Bay is the nail place and upstairs is the library. And I took both my kids to get their nails painted because why not? And then halfway through, I realized that just painting a child's nails and then you, you and your mum getting a full manicure are very different time frames. So both my kids had finished and were kind of bumping my mum and me going, I'm bored, I'm bored. And I was like, John Marsden's in my head. And I went, Okay. I'm going to do this thing. I said, all right, you guys can go up to the library. I want you to stay in the kids section. Darcy, you don't let your brother go. And then if you leave the library, you come straight back down. And as they walked out, like right before they got to the threshold, I'm like high-fiving myself going, you are such a great mom. Look at the escalators by themselves. Yeah, but wow. I was fine until they crossed the threshold, Jacinta. And then as soon as they were outside, my heart just went into my throat and went, <gasps> what if something happens and I didn't see them? And so I spent the next 10 minutes sitting there pretending I was totally cool going, I'm going to look back on this and my children will have been abducted and it's all going to be my fault. And, um, they were fine. So I kind of, luckily, (laughs) but what I, what I kind of took from that is that it's, it's all about, I guess, scaffolding for ourselves as well, right? That we have to learn how much independence we can give our kids and how to do it safely rather than just saying no all the time. 
Well, there's also that safety element. It's not it's not okay to let your kids wander off in a shopping centre. So we have to judge that. It doesn't mean we're and I think toxic is a really hard word. I think it's he's, a very he's hard using word. that word to, to grab headlines, I would say, because it's not toxic. It might be overprotective or however you want to judge that, but it's toxic is a very negative word that implies we're doing harm. To our children. No, he's definitely saying we're doing harm to our children. There's yeah. no no backwards coming forward. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but I, I, I count. I, I don't need to justify what I'm doing because I'm actually okay with it. But I do counteract it by saying, okay, you guys, you can unpack the dishwasher, and so I'm not going to let them run through about. a shopping centre. But I'm going to teach them that they are not going to get to do that fun thing until they have have cleared the table. Yeah, and I'm trying to get them to come in and help me cook dinner. So, but at the same time, I'm not going to say cook dinner because it will be an absolute mess. And we come back, circle back to that. You want to make life a bit easier for yourself. Well, the world's a very different place now to what it was, uh, perhaps when we were growing up. And and uh, I just think that there's a lot more. I mean, the the media, and we're both part of the media, will will report all the time on things that are going wrong. So how do we not soak that in? And for like your example is a classic one. It's probably not that bad. For, for them to go upstairs, but you just panicking for 20 minutes thinking, <laughs> oh, no, they're never going to come back. I mean, um, and I, I read uh, your article about this exact thing after after the podcast, and there was a bit where you said, I don't let my children who are seven to five play in the communal backyard without me. And now, that, if you went to someone from a prior generation, might think that's ridiculous that you wouldn't do that. But, for example, there's a park near the school, like the primary school where we live, and I go down there with my daughter all the time. And I'm the only guy there, right? So I'm, I'm the one dad in Neutral Bay just pushing the pram around, right? So people, <laughs> I'm kind of a celebrity. People know who I am or whatever. But I go down there and this one day I'm there. My daughter runs off and plays on the other side of things. So I'm just standing there, just this one guy surrounded by all these other little kids and stuff. And then that's normally fine. But then this one day, every time a kid come anywhere near me, the parents, the mum would come and just steer them away. Don't come away from the man, right? And I'm like, well, what have I done? What's happened to me? And a, a letter had gone around the school that day saying that there was a man in the park who was not 100% kosher. Was that you? No, it wasn't <laughs> me. Right? I they were referring to you. No, they just said a man in his 30s or 40s is down there and you've got to keep away from him like he's not, he's not there with good intentions. Yeah. And they didn't, they just thought it was me. Yeah, you know? they wouldn't know because there's yeah, not many because I'm like, No, that's my daughter over there. Over there, that one that looks like me, I own her, everything's fine. But, you know, it's a, it's, there's a lot of fear for mm. people now mm. uh, that probably wasn't there because the media harp on it all the time about all these things that happen. You can't open the paper without a whole bunch of stories about kids. And the only reason I know it is because I notice them so much and I feel those stories so much. Whereas before, before you're a parent, you don't really not pay attention radar. to them, right? Yeah. So it's the kind of this self-fulfilling sort of cycle. Yeah. But the world's, a, the world's a dangerous place now, way, way more maybe than it used to be. It's not. Well, maybe but we just report just about it. it. Yeah, yeah. We just, but we feel it more. Mm. It, yeah. Okay. Well, um, let's move on because the next topic we're talking about is having a second crack at parenting. What would you change? That's next on the Parent Panel. Village Police Department. Yeah, hi, look, I'm calling from Paris. I have a son who's home alone. Our phones there are out of order, so I'd like somebody to go over to our house, tell him that we're coming home to get him. Okay, let me connect you with family crisis intervention. So that's the poor mother from home alone after realising that she's left her son, Kevin, at home in America upon arriving in Paris, guessing that that's something she wouldn't want to repeat. Although, of course, 
She did repeat it several million times because that was the franchise, just leaving Kevin behind every time. This week, Angela Mollard wrote about the things she would do differently if she were to start parenting her kids all over again. Now, she's got older children now, but some of the things she mentioned was that she wouldn't cut the top off strawberries and she would have rescued them less. Like she would have um, let them forget their lunchbox and just go hungry. Will, you are about to have your second child. Uh, yes. And I admit there were things with my second baby that I definitely said I'm not doing what I did with my first baby. Is, is there anything in your mind currently about what you might do differently? Um, I think that the, and I've been thinking about this a lot in the last few weeks because obviously it's, you get a do-over. And, um, and I, I was highly unprepared the first time around. And I think everybody kind of is. My wife was very sick during her first pregnancy so we really didn't we we're just trying to get to the end of the pregnancy and at the end of the pregnancy we we're like yes you're better again oh here's a baby <laughs> like can you just take it for two weeks to the hospital we'll come back when we've recovered um but I think the main thing and, and that I could draw out is that I just want to try to stop putting such high expectations on myself or and on us as parents because I think ev you expect to be really good at it uh and I was and whenever I failed in, in some way, whether I got upset, lost my temper, snapped uh, either at my wife or at my 10-day-old baby for not, you know, stopping crying, I just had this huge, I've got, I've got a lot of guilt about it all the time. And, and I feel like guilt solves nothing, just makes you repeat the same things over and over. And I just, I want to, this time I'm, I'm focusing on trying to just be okay with not being perfect all the time um, because... You know, Instagram or whatever will show you that everyone's perfect at everything, but it's not, it's so messy, it's difficult, it's not easy, you're going to fight with each other, you're going to wonder why you did this again, you're going to have all <laughs> sorts of problems. Um, and then conversely is to just try to stop rushing through everything. Because, because things weren't, aren't that easy at the beginning, you're like, oh, when they do this, then things will get a bit easier, or when they do that, or when they do that. But now having done it once, I realize that everything is so transient. When my first was like four months old, I was like, I, this was a terrible idea. This was a bad <laughs> idea. Everybody says to me, oh, you won't remember your life before you had kids. I'm like, I remember it. And it was way better than this. This is, this is difficult. This is like having a really needy cat that I can't put outside, right? That's what it felt like. But then I realized now that everything's so transient. And I look back on photos and stuff and I go, I remember how good that was. But at the time I was like, I can't do this. I can't do it. So... I just try to enjoy the moment a bit more and just fail and get up and keep going and it's okay. I think that's I think that's a part of just having the experience of doing it once. So is just that, to try is that, and that um, period where they aren't sleeping through the night, which is or most babies don't mm. sleep through the night until six nine months, whatever. I remember thinking that that was just going to be my life. I didn't. I couldn't compute that at one point they were going to be a child or an adult or whatever. It was just this is my life forever and ever sitting here patting your bum through the night <laughs> and trying to fall asleep next to the cot with my arm stuck through it. Jacinta, your boys are a little bit older now. Have you had any thoughts on what you might do differently if you had to start all over again? So that's a sentence I never thought I'd hear. Your boys are a bit older. See, it, it catches up with you, doesn't it? Quite oh, quickly. so quickly. I don't know if I'm all very evolved or something, but when I thought about this, I can't think of anything I'd do differently. And that is not because I've Nailed done it. it. Congratulations. I'm just 100%. the best mom and that's it. And you want to well read Mother's Zen. <laughs> com. I'll put it in the links to this note in no, this episode. I, it's not to say that I'm doing it perfectly at all. I make mistakes every day. but And it's all going to sound very spiritual of me. But I don't 
want to change anything because those things is what is is what has taught me. But you also be... went into parenthood having um, already sort of focused on meditation and um, well, I learned to being meditate. more self-aware than well, most I, of us. I learned to meditate when I was uh, – how, how pregnant was I? About seven months pregnant, something like that. So because I wanted to armour myself because I didn't think I'd be able to cope with this because I was a, a major stress head, so I thought I'd better get some tools. So I did Vedic meditation with a wonderful man called Tim Brown. And that changed everything. So again, it doesn't mean that I'm constantly, because one thing I would change, having said that, is I wish I hadn't, and still, well, let's put this in the present tense, yell so much. So I, I lose my temper with my kids. I'm under a lot of pressure, as, as, a, as any single parent would know. And I sometimes snap, and they're the things I wish I could take back. But there's this wonderful therapeutic technique called the, <laughs> called the repair technique. Uh-huh. I call it something like that. And uh, and that just means that when you do make those mistakes, the important thing is with our kids is if we make that repair attempt. They call it a repair attempt. That's right. So, so I always, always without fail, and it happens several times a day, um, will say to my boys, I'm sorry I spoke to you like that. I shouldn't have, and that's not acceptable. At the same time, it would really help if you didn't tip the leg all over the floor. <laughs> <laughs> but you didn't ask for that, and there's mm. a better way we can handle this, and how can we handle this together? So that's what I mean about not regretting and not wishing I could change anything because, yes, I yelled and I wish I didn't, but it gives you that opportunity to connect after that and talk together about how we can both work on our relationship better. So I, I really wouldn't change anything. I think maybe just do less housework. Yeah, no, I never Because that, that takes problem. you away from the kids. Oh, I don't do a lot of it. But, you know, it's that, that where you think, oh, God, the house is a mess. I have to clean up. And there's often the things that I yell at them over. For God's sakes, will you just put your things away? And then you think, well, when they're older, I'm just going to re- regret that I was worried about vacuuming when I could have. Mm. So sometimes I will literally stop myself. It's that pause. And that comes with meditation, too, where you can be conscious and go, oh, hang on, what am I doing? You can have that eagle view of yourself. Stop right there in that moment. Stop right there, whatever you're doing, mid-yell <laughs> or mid-panic or mid panic and think it doesn't matter. If that, if that floor stays unvacuumed for 20 more minutes and we sit down and play a game of Monopoly, that's the bit they're going to remember and that's the bit that's going to connect us and it works. If you remember to do that, it works. And then they're happy because you've connected with them and then you can happily go and no, no one happily vacuums, do they? But then you can go, <laughs> then you can go and fix everything up. I've got to say the the thing that um, after you saying that, what I might have might have been more helpful for me with both kids was actually seeing parenting as a learning experience. Like I wish, like it's a bit of bo- what both of you are saying. Like Will saying, I wouldn't have been as hard on myself for getting things wrong, and I think we're hard on ourselves because we do expect we should know. But if someone said to you, parenting is like a life course of constantly learning because your kids are always different, then you see your mistakes differently because you can't learn without making mistakes, right? Well, it's, it's, an, it's interesting you say that because for me, like just as I started to get used to being a parent, then I became a stay-at-home dad because uh, my wife went back to work and then I was the one that was at home. And, and, and I, I, I've always tried to be like before that I was in career mode and I was like, I'm going to achieve this thing. Then I'm going to achieve that thing. Then I'm going to achieve that thing. And I'm going to get better and I'm going to get better. And then I was in this situation where I had no idea. I was completely at sea. I had no idea what I was doing and there's no feedback. There's no, you don't achieve anything. Your achievement is to get to the end of the day without any massive 
physical or emotional scars. Basically, <laughs> that's it. And then you're going to do the whole thing again the next day. And it's it has a journey is a good word for it because I'm still not the best, but I feel like I'm getting better. And I'm, I have to constantly work. Meditation is something that I utilize as well. I see a psychologist sometimes to just help me talk about things that can help me to be better at being a parent and being a husband as well. Because putting... Uh, your own personal things on the back burner is, is has been a difficult process for me. So it's a journey where I have good weeks and I have bad weeks at it and just giving myself a break when the weeks are not great, but then patting myself on the back when I do do a good job and instead of stopping myself three hours after I've yelled and gone, oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry about that, buddy. But just stopping <laughs> myself in the middle of it and not like two days later where I was like, remember when I yelled at you for something that's completely ridiculous? Can we just like smooth that over? Yeah, but the generation before would never have apologised at all. The kid was always no. wrong and yeah. parents were in charge and they were boss. So we've come a long way. I know, to, kind of to like put, the good old days. <laughs> we, we, but the children, I think it, we need to be child-centric. I do think they need to well, be the centre of our world. They totally are, and don't they know it? <laughs> oh, no, they're the boss. They are the boss. Oh, the boss. I thought you said I was the boss. Uh, for this half an hour, oh, yes, okay, but for sorry. the other 23 and a half hours of my day. Um, they yeah. are. Right, yeah, okay. Are. Yeah. All right, well, up next, we're talking about your proudest parenting moment. I have to admit, seeing Lily do so well brought out something in me. The pride of being a parent of a child who wasn't just participating, but thriving. If no one beat my daughter's score in the beam, she would make preteen. She'd be one of the elites. Funny thing, pride. They say it goeth before the fall. Good old Mitchell from Modern Family, not even realising what he's saying there. Uh, waxing lyrical about his daughter Lily's gymnastic prowess when she was probably around three years old. Um, and from all accounts, didn't look like she was that magnificent. This week, we had parenting educator... Michael Gross on Fee Play Love talking about the politics of parenting and he said there's a line between being proud of your child and boasting and that when parents cross that line they step into competitive parenting and this can make other parents feel inadequate and the example he used was of I think it was his daughter actually in a mother's group was talking to someone and this woman was saying to her oh my baby slept through the night it was fabulous blah 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 and his daughter was feeling very inadequate until she talked to the other woman and found out they'd only done it once, as in one night slept through. Jacinta, when have you been super proud of your child and were you tempted to boast about it? I, I just want to backtrack to that, to that sleeping through the night thing because what I don't get here is they call it boasting. And by saying it's boasting, we're implying that that it's our doing. If a baby sleeps through the night, that's that's on the baby. Yeah. And also, <laughs> no baby sleeps through the night. They're not designed to. And if and what I learned early on when my babies were small is if they're sleeping through the night, there's a problem. So I hate that. Let, don't even get me started on the sleeping no, through the night. We've got ownership thing. of them though. So if the baby does it, that's our achievement. Yeah. It has nothing to do with <laughs> us. But they're not supposed to. There's actually something wrong. If they're sleeping through the night, that means there's a problem, and you need to get them to the pediatrician. It <laughs> depends all. how old they are. If it's two weeks, fine. But if they're you know two and a half, I think we're talking it. about quite young babies. Yeah. Aren't we? Yeah, that's right. Well, they can sleep through the night when they're a bit older. But I think the the being proud of your kids thing is important because. The way I see it is if we tell other people about how our kids are doing well at something, and I try to do that within earshot of my children, in fact, it's important to do it within earshot, that's reinforcing to them that it's not about the achievement, it's about the trying. They really tried hard at this thing. I think that's the rule, isn't it? To praise their efforts. attempts, their efforts at something. And then if you're telling other people, you're saying it's important, it's the community is backing you on this, and it's great that you, so I'll often do that to a friend or something, hey, my, listen to what... 
my son did. And again, it's not, how can we call it boasting? Because it's not, it's not on us. Mm. So recently my son did a talk in class. They have to do a, um, these talks. He's in year four. And the topic was my life as a spy. So there's many places you could go with that. To my great amazement, he sat down and came up with this uh, this riff off to the side of that, which was that, in short, if I was a spy, I would go into the homes of terrorists, dictators and other bad people and work out why they think the way they do because his, his nine-year-old brain, his take on that was that they're not born that way, no one's born bad. So they've obviously been told from a young age that this is how you think. And so I would go into their homes as a spy and watch the parents talking to the children and they'd be told you have to hate others. And then I would get that information and send it off to an intelligence service where they could send out psychologists to help them to see that, that, that that's not the only way to live. And this and is I not thought, because his mother's a news presenter at all. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> well, no, this is, a psycho- this is a psychology rift. This is down into this why. This is good. So psychologists, into... not snipers type thing. Send them in. <laughs> Yeah, okay. Send in All the right. therapist. All right. Somebody Waves of them over the self-love. top. Self-love. But it's actually true. If everybody loved themselves, there wouldn't be any conflict. That's a whole other side topic. My point of this is, is that when he came up with these amazing thoughts, that's on him, not me. So I did tell a few friends about that because I was, I was saying, wow, what an extraordinary brain he's got. I'm so proud of him for drawing those conclusions and realizing that when people behave badly, and okay, dictators, terrorists, that's extreme. But when people behave badly... It's because of something they've learned and they can unlearn that. That's what he was saying and what I was about, proud of him for that. Well, what about, um, I was thinking about this the other day and this might have more to do with social media than anything, but this is often, social media is where some parents do um, post or well, talk about easier, their kids. Isn't it? isn't it easier to do it on social media rather than saying it, it to someone else well, and does feel... that make it different because i was thinking um you know we all need content to go on our social media pages and i i was looking at a um my daughter had written a letter to my son so he was sick this week and she made him a little get well card and i was thinking oh you know she won't let me take photos of her anymore neither of my kids will so i'm not allowed to post them on social media and i thought oh maybe i can take a picture of this card and say you know isn't it sweet that she did this and then i thought i don't know if that's i don't know if that's right because i felt like in a way that's me putting forward only the good things and and again this is social media where if we only put forward the good things of our kids then we're making them look more perfect than they are could you just balance it with just balance it with with a uh, tipped over cereal bowl that's all right yeah i I don't agree with you i would like to see something like that on instagram because that's not whenever we post these things that's not just saying isn't siobhan's daughter thoughtful it well, that's inspires. why I wanted to post it. Well, she is. It's gorgeous. <laughs> but it inspires. I find that inspiring. And I find, and then you might think, oh, that's a good thing that I could get. See, it spreads the love. But don't you not th- get my child yeah, to do that. But you're for the so other positive. Child. Don't you think other people would look at that and go, well, I know I would look at that. And if someone else had posted that, I would look at it and go, oh, shit, my kids just beat each other up and hate on each other all the time. And I wouldn't be thinking because that's what they do most of the time. They don't so mostly do see yeah, each other. Yeah, but they, everybody does. So, so do mine, yeah. But it's only people that... who don't have kids who'd be thinking like, oh, this is a bit ridiculous. Everyone knows that we and all go through the same horrible things. who cares what anyone else thinks? But, but don't you think that is what feeds into this idea of competitive parenting, that when you say something good problem. about their kids? That's their problem. Well, it's okay. funny you say that because well, I was talking to my wife about this last night and we are both so worried about some of these things. Not just forget social media, just in general boasting about uh, what Bella does. Because deep down, I think she is an absolute genius and she's, and she's the best at everything yeah. and she's perfect. <laughs> and everybody does think that about their kids. But 
I find myself sometimes playing down her accomplishments to other people in order to not make other people, you know, feel Feeling inadequate because... or, or just or just come off as a boastful parent. So it doesn't do her justice when she does do amazing things. And I, I'm sure there's times where she's caught me going like it's so much easier for me to say, here's the video I'm going to post on social media. Bella's a ridiculous dancer. She can't, and she loves it, and she's terrible, right? But if she was doing something absolutely amazing, it would be harder for me to put it up. So it's easy to be self-deprecating because you're worried about what everyone else thinks. It's so easy to go to boastful parent mode. So I kind of have to like balance it up to make sure, like for example, we I posted one a little while ago, like a daycare. It, it means nothing but to anyone else, but they asked everyone, they put pictures up, what's your favorite body part? And everyone's like, toes, hair, feet. And then there's Bella with a little sign that just says brain. And I'm just like, yes, that is the best, right? So I put it up, but then like I've got to put up something that's a little bit more self-deprecating no, afterwards. You don't. What I know, but doing? that's that's, oh, that's what I'm saying. That's what society's so worried that, about. It, that, mm. Why is that a boast? That's just a really cute moment from a child. And it will touch others. That touches me hearing that. That's not you boasting, saying my child's better than yours. It's just, and it's what interesting a what you um, said about um, being self-deprecating and also what you said, Jacinta, about saying it in their earshot, because um, hopefully my parents aren't listening to this podcast. But when I was growing up, that's my parents were very, very careful about um, talking about our achievements in front of other people. But I used to notice that everybody else would do it, particularly my uncle would talk about his kids all the time. And I would, I remember thinking, mum and dad just aren't proud of me. Like I'm not doing anything. I mean, no offense to my parents. They're amazing parents. But when I catch myself not saying good things like what you were saying, um, Will, about kind of bringing it down a notch, then I think, oh, but I remember when mum and dad used to do that and I felt really inadequate. I think that's a really good point. I still have a resounding memory. My mum was a wonderful mother. I'm one of six kids, but those things that stay with you, I have this, and she might correct me on this, but my my memory, and that's what matters, is that uh, of a mother saying to my mum, oh, Jacinta's so something like, you know, something positive, like lovely or adorable. And my mother saying, oh, no, no, she's not really. You don't really know her. And I'm sure that was mum trying to not boast, but yeah, stay, it has stayed with me all yeah. this time. Oh, okay. Oh, maybe if you don't know me well, you if you know me well, that's not really who I am. And I, I've grappled with that. It's yeah. funny what you pick up. I mean, it, it's it's very similar in terms of like people go, you know, Bella's so well behaved. She has good, good manners. And then I will say <laughs> automatically, yeah, in public, Right, but that's true. Okay, as that well. She'll be standing now. right there, and I'll just and I, Will, you don't think afterwards. You're like, ah, oh. yes, yeah, okay. 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 now I'm in trouble. She's giving you side eye, Will. But it's it's funny what what's the wrong things with that saying, stay with. Yes, she is. She's really wonderful. No, I know, We're and really that, this is the, this is part of the and journey, right? And she makes a right? great effort. Well, you see, the thing is, if someone said that about my kids, it would be true. And saying that she's perfect all the time would be lying. So, <laughs> yeah, but it's about what she gets. It's like my dad would never say that he was proud of me, but he he used to drive like a ten hour round trip to watch me play footy or whatever. Yeah. You know, like, but he he's very like you know, squared away farmer. Right, and, we but, we yeah. are going out of this studio and totally singing our kids' praises, I think. And the negative stuff, we have to have those conversations. We're not saying that you say my child's perfect all the time, but I would say that's a one-on-one conversation. Mm. I'll talk to my kids all the time. I didn't like the way you did that. Can we try harder at this? All those things. In fact, they're private conversations, so I won't repeat them here. But they don't have to be an earshot of anyone else. No, and you don't want to either because that's shaming children, isn't that's it? That's what I mean. Mm. Yeah. Okay, our final topic in just a moment. What childhood toy would you like to bring back? And the masters of the universe. I am Adam. 
Prince of Eternia and defender of the secrets of Castle Grayskull. This is Cringer, my fearless friend. Fabulous secret powers were revealed to me the day I held aloft my magic sword and said, By the power of Grayskull! That was a little bit self-indulgent because I could so excited. <laughs> so yes, excited. You yes, you watch she knows every word. Every every Saturday morning, He-Man and later She-Ra were my people. And actually my son now, um, bless his soul, his nonna cut his fringe and he has bright white blonde hair. And my husband and I joke that he looks like a little He-Man. <laughs> not the best haircut, but anyway, he's got beautiful hair. He so this week, Mattel announced it was bringing back He-Man, the buff hero of the 80s cartoon, if you didn't know, to the delight of Gen X's everywhere. Will, what was your favourite toy growing up and would you like to see a comeback? Well, it's funny, a little bit like when um, you didn't really have uh, like an answer that needed to fit into what we were talking about before because you wanted to go in a different direction. I'm the same. I, I was racking my brains. <laughs> I was racking my brain. You didn't have a favourite toy? No, because because I grew up on a farm. It was like go outside, play, play with, with rocks, sticks, climb mm. trees, do stuff. Um, like we had some How toys, awesome but is that? that is yeah, awesome. it was, it's well, and then his and favourite it was toy great. was a stick. <laughs> well, you could kind of make things up, so you know we just play yeah. with water or play, you know, just build cubby houses and things. And yeah. So, and and I was thinking about that, how that translates to today. Um, cause kids, I mean, obviously we all live in the city, so it's not that easy. And so we use things like a bunch of, my, my daughter's got so many toys, it's ridiculous. She doesn't even play with them. You know, then there's like TV, toys, all this stuff. We try and keep them busy. But then when I take her to the farm, the TV never goes on. Toys never come out. It's cubby houses. She goes, she goes, she thinks there's fossils in the garden, but in fact, it's just a sheep carcass, but we don't tell her that, right? It's a pterodactyl fossil um, and, you know, animals and all that stuff and, you know, riding bikes and being outside. That's really what I remember. I'm sure I had lots of toys, but I can't really pull out one that I, I'm dying to have again. And that's I can't cool. tell you how disappointed I am, though, because when we were playing that He-Man theme, neither of you were even remotely excited. I remember I have the power bit, but that, that you, but that was it. You weren't. There was nothing. We were mesmerised by your. <laughs> res, you were reciting it with hand gestures. I mean, people don't. They don't get to miss out on seeing totally it. Totally missed I, out. I had no idea what it was. I'll be honest. Oh, you're I was, breaking my heart, we, we people. We weren't allowed to watch TV growing up. Again, Mum would correct me if she heard this now, because maybe. Yeah. That, but there were moments. Certainly, it was a treat. There yeah, were just okay. certain shows we could watch. So there's a whole period of my childhood that's missing. In terms of television. Okay, but was there a toy? There a toy Tell though? me there's a oh, toy. Oh, back to the toy. Yes. So, was there a toy? I remember one Christmas, I begged Santa for Baby That Away. Anyone remember Baby That Away? No. So, it was oh, a baby no. that crawled and it was plastic. <laughs> and, you know, that's, this is back in the day when those things were still really quite progressive. And I think it had a bottle and it drank and, you know, you could change its nappy oh, and all yeah, that kids, sort of thing. Girls still love it. And that I remember stuff. my mother, who has, who, mother stroked Santa, who has incredible... Uh, she was really incredible at being able to choose our toys. Six kids and you'd always get exactly the right thing. She tried to talk me out of it. What about this sort of doll? Because I also had a China doll collection and a doll. I was really into my dolls. But it turned up. Baby oh. that away turned up and it, I was so What excited. a moment. I have to say, though, my, my most treasured toys from childhood I still have. Yes. And that is the doll collection. But also there's a toy maker in Nambucca Heads called the Swiss toy maker, they call him. And a lot of people from my era know this man. His name is Mr. Kosh. And when I was a child, we used to holiday up there at Nambucca Heads. 
And every year we were allowed to go and get a toy. He hand makes these toys and he's still doing it now. Wow. And so a few years ago, I went back up there to see him and he made my boys a, they've got, we're looking at them last night, actually. They've got a police car and a fire truck and a farm, all handmade, all hand painted and with their names on them. So he made toys for me. He's making them for my children. He's up to about the third generation of making toys. And wow. I still have Incredible. my, I still have all the toys from him, but at my doll's house but still is it's my nice treasured possession. When everything's so plastic and throwaway, which is what everything is now to have something that can actually last for that long. Because I like you buy a toy and then it, within like five minutes it's broken. Well, I, I have to disagree, Will, because my favorite toy is now my daughter's. And that is That's what I mean. a plastic How good is that? Really? gizmo. A plastic gizmo, What's and a I gizmo? got <sighs> people. We are going to have to do eighties pop culture lesson. Gizmo <laughs> was the uh, Mogwai before he was a gremlin in the Gremlins. Oh, I, you know? only, I only understood. Totally... I only understood about half. Oh that sentence, my so god! I'm just going to have to leave that. But those of you who remember Gremlins. I got a Mogwai for Christmas once. It was amazing. It was plastic, and now my daughter loves it too. Anyway, I, I just get, I have to wrap it up now. I'm so disappointed with your 80s. Well, I didn't make plastic. I, I was, I I was plastic a child in like the 70s, that. so you can, you yeah, can give me. Yeah, see, I'm in the 90s. <laughs> 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 Sorry, rub it in, that. Will. Rub it in. Well, actually, that was our last topic. But um, before we wrap up, um, I do like to let our audience know where they can find you online to get your wisdom and insights, etc. Where's the best place to find you, Jacinta? Oh, I've got Jacinta Tyne and Handles Everywhere and motherzen.com. And Mother Zen is also uh, the book as well. Uh, can they get the book from that website? I think you can message me on there. I'm, a, oh, I'm so not up to it with it's my right. website. I'll put you a link to Booktopia. You if you it's want fine. a copy. And <laughs> it's a wonderful book. It's it a, wonderful. It's, I can say that because I've interviewed lots of extraordinary people. Um, it's an, about how to be more conscious as a parent, really. Yeah, it is a good book, and I'm going to find a link. Don't worry, they don't have I to just, email I, so you. Here I am boasting. I just need to correct that quickly to say I'm not boasting about myself. I'm saying that there's some wonderful content in there. I'm boasting. It's all right to boast, right? Gosh, We're okay is it all right or not? It is totally all right. Now I'm feeling I'm very sure self-conscious. sure it's fantastic. It is. Will, have you got anything that you could would like to plug? I have a lot of fantastic social media channels that have great content <laughs> on them. Hey! <laughs> They're Woo! great. Most of which is my daughter. Well, I'm boasting about her. Uh, uh, and you can you will me from at, now. Uh, will underscore McCloy or willmccloy.com if you want to get in touch with me for any reason at all. Oh, fabulous. You'll have people. It's very self-indulgent it, it, to have a, an, a website of your own Only name. for two more weeks until you have Yeah, don't contact me after that. Then, yeah, then you're gone. <laughs> I'm unavailable. Just get a guy at the park. Oh, dear. Thank you both for coming in. It's been a pleasure having you. It's always Thank fun. You. Thank you. I'm Siobhan Hunt. You can find me at Siobhan Hunt. See you next time. You've been listening to The Parent Panel, a babyology podcast, hosted and written by Siobhan Hunt, produced and edited by Debbie Ning. For more information on the show or to check out other episodes with equally funny and insightful guests, you can find all you need at our website, babyology.com.au slash parentpanel.